My name is Tony Richard. This is my wife, Mary. My name is Clara Andrews. And this is our story of what Jesus has done for us. My name is Aaron Miller, Jr., and this is my story. This is my story of my life. It, it started out as rebellion. Growing into my teen years, uh, alcohol was, a, was introduced to me uh, at a young age, and it was pretty much a lifestyle. I was always searching for something, and when I heard the gospel, I knew that's what I had been searching for. When I was a little girl, my mother abandoned me. I was angry. It turned me to smoking, drinking, drugs. The only time there was not alcohol in, in my hand was when I was asleep. Anybody I would communicate with, because I hate, I wanted them to hate. We had been going to family life for about six months. We had son Anthony uh, attending with us, and Anthony loved the Lord. He was right along with us. It started to sink in when my dad's younger brother, who uh, would, him and I were very close, uh, he was one of my drinking buddies, and uh, they called me one day and said that they were bringing him to the hospital. And within six months, um, Anthony was suddenly uh, killed in an automobile accident. Uh, what he thought was the flu uh, turned out to be his, uh, his body shutting down from the alcohol. There's a lot of shock, disbelief. Um, just grief, overwhelming grief. Seeing him die that quickly, uh, within a couple of days, uh, kind of opened my eyes to uh, the reality. It didn't hit me uh, full force until I ended up in the hospital with the same thing happening to me. And the doctors told my family that I was not walking out of that hospital. Pastor Todd showed up at the hospital and, uh, and anointed me with all and prayed for me. And uh, God met me that day. Uh, he met me in that hospital room. And, uh, in 1999, I was introduced to God. And that's all I ever wanted was love. For me, I had a comfort from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus after Anthony passed away that I can't explain. It was a uh, supernatural uh, healing. And it did hurt at first, and it still does. I mean, I still think of him and how we miss him, but um, I just felt that God, Jesus had taken away the pain and the sorrow off of me and uh, healed me from, the, from that grief. A few days later, I got up and walked out of that hospital room. And, uh, Knew that uh, this was it. I needed to. Uh, I needed to change. Things had started changing in my life. I wasn't acting the way I used to act. I was loving on people. I had patience. I didn't hurt nobody anymore. Looking back, um, I don't think I would have survived it um, without God. I knew right then and there that, that uh, I belonged here. And that's where I've been ever since, uh, following him. I have the opportunity to travel with this ministry on a daily basis and, and reach out to people that are uh, just as lost as I was.
you know, people searching, searching for the same thing that I was searching for, and being able to encourage people and let them know that, that he's out there and he's, he's waiting for you. He brought my joy back. Um, I have peace. I know where my son is. I know I will see him again one day. I could see I'm happy, I'm peaceful, and now I'm out there just telling the goodness of God, and I just give God glory for what he done in my life. Well, through the uh, cross, Jesus has taken away our, um, our grief and our sorrow for what he did on the cross, um, along with our salvation. That, that's what the cross means to me, and there's no doubt that what he's done has, has comforted us in our daily lives and uh, our future. And we're just thankful for the cross and what Jesus did on the cross. Through the cross, I have access to a, an eternal life, life in paradise, a, a promise fulfilled. This is something that somebody needs to know. Trust God. God is the source. The devil is not the source. And if it wouldn't have been for God's mercy, I don't know where I'd be, but I just want to honor God. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a peace I've come to know so well Through the quiet and the storm I've learned to let go and believe That still this one thing will
How many of you know his love is real? Y'all believe that this morning? His love is real. If you have your Bible, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 27, and we're going to go to a passage of Scripture there. And uh, for those of you maybe that, um, that hadn't been here in a few weeks, we've been doing a series called Jesus Is. And uh, we've talked about Jesus is God, and Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is human. Jesus is our shepherd. He's the master teacher. Jesus is a lot of things to a lot of people. How many of you would you agree? Last week we talked about Jesus is passionate, which means that he was totally committed to fulfill his purpose of saving the lost and glorifying the Father. That was what he motivated. That's what motivated his life. That's what he focused his life to do. And it brought great fulfillment to his life. And we talked about that if you and I will do that, if we'll live for God, that our life will be a lot more fulfilled than just trying to hammer out a living in life. Well, today on this special Easter Sunday, we want to emphasize the fact that Jesus is our access. Didn't those, uh, didn't those uh, testimonies just really just bear witness with you? Amen. You know, what they were just sharing with us was that Jesus became their access to exactly what they needed as they walked through what they went through. And you know, in, 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 um, in Matthew chapter 7 is the story of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And tucked away in this story is some clues to the access that Jesus gives us. I want to read a, uh, quite a bit of scripture right up front, and then we're going to talk about it. But I want you to read it with me. I'm going to be reading uh, the New Living Translation. It's going to be up on the overhead if you want to just follow along. In Matthew 27, 45, it says, At noon darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. And about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabatne, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. And one of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rock split apart. Tombs opened, the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. And they said, this man truly was the Son of God. In verse 57, as evening approached Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. And Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rode a great stone across the entrance and he left. Both Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, was sitting across from the tomb and watching. Verse 62, the next day, On the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate and they told him, Sir, we remember what the deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. 
So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. And if that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Matthew 28, verse 1, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, his clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. Wow. What we just read is the greatest story ever told. What we just read is the most powerful story you ever hear about. Amen? Tucked away in Matthew 27 is some insight into Jesus being our access. And I want to take a closer look at Jesus being our access and focusing in on Matthew 27 in verse 50 and 52. Those two verses. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. And the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. And they left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Wow. Now, what a powerful impact Jesus' death had. What a powerful impact. Five miraculous things happened as he breathed his last. First of all, the Bible says that the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And then the Bible says the earth shook. The rocks split apart. The tombs were open and the bodies of many godly people and men and women who had died were raised from the dead. Now, these miraculous events gives us a clue into what Jesus gave us access to. And I want to look at those. This morning, we're going to look at three miraculous doors of access that Jesus's resurrection gives you and I today. First of all, Jesus has given us access into God's supernatural provision. Supernatural, not just provision, supernatural provision. Remember the very first thing that happened when Jesus died? The Bible says in verse 50, Jesus shouted out again. He released the spirit in that moment, the moment he released his spirit. The veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom. That veil was not a thin shear. It was a thick veil that in the natural should have never torn. But you know what? This curtain that tore is significant. It separated two rooms in the temple. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, there were two rooms in the tabernacle. In the first room was a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on that table. This room was called the holy place. Verse 3, then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room called the most holy place. That curtain separated the holy place from the most holy place. And the Bible tells us that 
The most holy place was only accessible by the high priest once a year. He went in there, made atonement for his sins and the sins of the people. But it was off limits to everybody else. But at the moment Jesus died, that veil tore in two. When Jesus died, the unaccessible became accessible. And the curtain tearing gave the common man access into the most holy place. And you remember inside the most holy place was a box called the Ark of the Covenant. And inside that box were three items, the Bible tells us. First, there was a jar of manna. And then secondly, there was the rod of Aaron. And then thirdly, there was the tablets containing the Ten Commandments. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 9, 4, in that room were a golden incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. And inside the Ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted, leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Now, these three items are significant. You know, the two stone tablets were the Ten Commandments that God wrote with his finger. And he gave them the Ten Commandments. And these were the instructions that Israel was to follow as they left Egypt and they went into the Promised Land. It gave them the instructions on how to live in the Promised Land instead of the bondage of Egypt. You remember the second artifact was the jaw of manna. You remember as they traveled from Egypt into the promised land, God supernaturally provided manna every day. He provided for them in their journey in the wilderness. And then you remember the rod of Aaron. The rod of Aaron was significant because one day some of the children of Israel rose up and they said, why do I need to listen to you, Moses? Who do you think you are? I can hear from God. I can speak to God face to face just like you. And there was a rebellion that rose up among the ranks of the Israelites. Do you remember it was at that time that God opened the, opened the ground and Korah and his people just fell into the ground? But they said, listen, we can just, we have as much favor and we can, we can just go before God as much as you can, Moses. And so God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to get a staff from each of the 12 tribes and I want you to put it in the tabernacle. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to show the people of Israel who I've chosen. And the next day they went into the tabernacle. Moses went into the tabernacle and Aaron's rod had budded and sprouted and there was an almond on that rod. And so every, it was supernatural. It was miraculous. But what had happened was God was proven to everybody that, listen, this is my anointed one. This is my chosen one. That rod was not supposed to sprout. It wasn't supposed to produce fruit. But God put his hand of blessing upon it. That was also in the ark. Now listen, I believe these three items represent God's miraculous and supernatural provision for the children of Israel. I believe what it says is that here's the lesson. Whatever it is you're needing in your life, God has provided miraculously and supernaturally through the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The jar of manna was was represents the fact that God will supernaturally provide for you when you go through your wilderness in life. You know what? The rod of Aaron reminds us that God shows us 
It's, it's, it's not a small thing. If you're a child of God today, you need to be excited about the fact that of all the people on the globe, God put his hand, his finger on you and said, you're my son, you're my daughter. I want you to be in the kingdom of God. God chose you. So you need to feel the, the acceptance and the love of God. Amen. And then the rod of, uh, you know, not the rod of Aaron, but the jaw of manna, supernatural provision. The, the two tablets. How many of you know God will give you instruction to get you out of the wilderness into the promised land? God will give you instruction to get out of the bondage of Egypt into the promised land. I believe these three items represents God's supernatural provision. Amen? Jesus made God's supernatural provision available through the cross. The Bible says in Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of your needs. What is it that you're needing in your life? Listen, we didn't come to church today to celebrate the grave was empty. We came to celebrate that because the grave was empty, there is supernatural provision in your life and in my life today in 2014 right here in Lafayette. Amen. Come on, can I get a better amen than that? My God shall supply all of your needs. So here's what you need to know this Easter Sunday. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, you can experience God's miraculous provision in your life today. The empty tomb reminds us of that. The second miraculous door of access that Jesus has given us, Jesus gives us access to God's miraculous power. His power. Remember the second thing that happened when Jesus breathed his last, the veil was torn to two. But verse 51 says, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and rocks split apart. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever tried to shake the earth? Have you ever tried to split rocks apart? How many of you believe that that's supernatural? Wouldn't you agree that it takes the supernatural hand of God to shake the earth? Amen. I mean, there are people that claim they're so powerful and so mighty, but they can't shake the earth. They can't tear rocks apart. These big old bodybuilders, they take a phone book and they tear it apart. Okay, big man, take a boulder and tear that apart. Only God can do that. Amen. So listen, I believe the earth shaking and the rock splitting apart reminds us that when Jesus died, he gave us access to God's miraculous power. Miracles are happening every day. Why? Because Jesus has given us access to God's miraculous power. Listen what Acts 10 38 says. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Jesus made God's power accessible to you and I. Amen. Luke 4, 18. Remember when he took the, the, the scroll and he opened up into Elijah. and uh, The book of Elijah, verse Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free. And the time of the Lord's favor has come. Listen, those who believe in God's miraculous power can receive a miracle in 2014. Can I get more specific on Sunday, April the 20th in 2014? Amen. The father, remember that father who had a demon possessed son and he came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you can, can you heal my son? And Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, what do you mean if I can? 
Jesus asked, he said, anything is possible if a person believes. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe that God still does miracles today? Miracles are possible to them that believe. See the video you saw, three different lives, three different testimonies. But my, but my brother lawyer in 30 years of alcoholism, 30 years, and God supernaturally touched his life, supernaturally broke that alcoholic addiction off his life, and he's been set free since three years running now. That's the power of God. Amen. And then you, you heard about Miss Clara giving her testimony. Her mom gave her away because she reminded of the, of the man that rejected her. So she gave her away. She went from family member to friend, rejected everywhere, abused by even those that were taking care of her. Deep hate filled her heart to the part where all she wanted to do was hurt and hate, hate people. But you know what? One day she encountered the great lover of our soul. His name is Jesus. And Jesus broke hate off of her life and filled her heart with love. Now she's in her neighborhood doing a Bible study, reaching out to all those who've been rejected and might have hate in there. How can that happen? It's the power of God that changes lives. Amen. You know, listen, you know, if somebody tells you that you become a Christian, all is, everything is perfect. No, that's not true. See, Tony and Mary, they were following the Lord. God saved. We're serving God. Six months into it, they lost their only son. How can you re, how can you rebound from that? How can you make it through that? How can you not shake your fist and get angry at God? I tell you how. It's through the power of God, His love and His grace. You heard their testimony that God just broke the grief and the sorrow off their heart and off their life. And they're still serving God and just grateful for God's grace in their life. That, my friends, is the power of God. God's miracles are available today because the tomb is empty. Amen. The third miraculous door of access that Jesus gives us is Jesus gives us access into God's eternal presence. Listen to verse 52. And tombs open. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. Now catch that statement with me for a moment. Let's not just go past it so quickly. Tombs were open. And the dead were raised. Well, there must be a, a typographical misprint here. Is this possible? Imagine walking through a graveyard and you walk it through and all of a sudden grave starts popping open. And not only this grave start popping up, people start popping out. Woo. Oh, beautiful day. Whoo, man. Man. I mean, can you imagine this event? I believe these miraculous happenings reminds us that when Jesus died, he gave us power over death, hell, and the grave. Amen? The last enemy that Jesus defeated was, was the grave. I believe tombs opening and the dead being raised reminds us that God gives us the ability to have victory over death. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty three: for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, 
this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Now, in the natural, this verse doesn't even make sense. It just doesn't even make sense. Dying bodies going to put on immortal bodies? What does that mean? You know what that means? Death can't hold us down any longer. Even death's power has been broken. See, listen, when somebody goes through a lengthy sickness and disease and they die, we might think that death won, but death does not win because they are going to be resurrected. Amen? The resurrection reminds us that we have access into God's eternal presence. Listen to this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 12. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. How many of you believe in the resurrection? Verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came in the world through, through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. This is speaking of the resurrection of the dead. Although we're all going to die, those who belong to Christ will be given a resurrection. We will receive a resurrection of the dead. The resurrection reminds us that everybody, not just Jesus, will experience resurrection. He was the first fruits of the resurrection, but he's only the first of many. Amen. And those tombs that popped open, those people got up and they went. Can you imagine whenever they got to Jerusalem and said, "Uh, I I want a coat, please. Who is this? Who is this? He looks just like my friend that died. No, he is your friend. He was resurrected. Remember at the ascension of Jesus. Remember whenever he whenever he was getting ready to ascend and. um, Telling the angel told us that he's coming back. Remember that? Let me, let me read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to, be, to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they no longer could see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them while they're gazing into heaven. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven In the same way you saw him go up. How many of you know Jesus is coming back? The Bible speaks of Jesus coming back. He's coming back, saints. Jesus is coming again. But before he comes again, the Bible talks about the catching up. The catching up of the body of Christ. Before he comes back, there's going to be a trumpet sound. And the Bible says that all those that have died... 
All those that have died in faith, believing in Jesus. Do you notice when we read about the tombs that opened, the Bible specifically says they were godly men and women that went, that were raised, they went into the city. You notice it doesn't say there were any lost people that were raised. Because it's not the lost that are raised. It's those who have died in Jesus that are raised. Amen? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Well, tell you this directly. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns. We who are still living when the Lord returns. There'll be people still alive when he returns. will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with a trumpet call of God. And first, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. You know what what the Bible is telling us? One day, the trumpet's going to sound. And the trumpet is going to sound. There'll be people that'll just be going to work like normal. They'll be marrying. They'll just be doing life as usual. The trumpet's going to sound. And when the trumpet sounds, there's going to be tombs and graves open everywhere. There's going to be mortal bodies that are going to put on immortality. Their bodies are going to be resurrected and their, their, their bodies are going to meet their spirit in the air and they're going to be with the Lord. And after that, Those of us that are still on the globe, those of us that are still alive when the trumpet sounds are going to follow him. We're going to be caught up with the Lord to meet him in the air. Amen. And so we shall always be with the Lord in the air. Amen. Come on. What am I trying to say? Listen, the grave is empty. That's awesome. We celebrate that. But we got to celebrate what the grave being empty means to us. The resurrection means that we have access to God. Amen. We have access to God's provision. We have access to God's instructions, his supernatural provision. Whatever it is that you need today, God has already made provisions for you. God's given us instructions. So you don't have to live in Egypt. You can live in the promised land. Amen. You can live in the life of abundance, not in the desert. The Bible says that God's power has been released. When Jesus died, the power of God was released. Jesus was anointed to set us free. You might be in this room today and you need a breakthrough in your life. That's what the resurrection means. God's miraculous provisions is here today. Do you know there's miracles taking place today across the world because the grave is empty? Finally, the grave is empty so we can have eternal access to the presence of God. See, whenever... Lazarus died. Mary and Martha were grieving and Jesus came on the scene. And he said, Martha, Mary, he who believes in me will live even though he dies. 
Do y'all believe in the resurrection of the dead? Jesus was the first one. Well, there's, he's the first of many that are going to be raised from the dead. Amen? Question, are you ready? Are you ready? Hey, we're at church today. That's good, right? It'd be good if he came right now. But you know, listen, listen. Do you know the lost people go to church? Do you know just because we're in church doesn't mean we're ready? We got to get our hearts ready. He's coming again. And he's coming to receive believers, those who have committed their heart and their life to Jesus and are committed to following him. Have you committed to following him? I wonder, I wonder where you are spiritually today. You know, we're going to do a little survey. Is that all right? In your pew, there's some little cards there. And if you've got some little cards and it looks something like this, response card, grab some of those and hand them out right there at your your pew. And if you've got a little pencil, just, and I just wonder where we are today. You know, there's something about a questionnaire that just kind of puts the, uh, you know, just kind of puts it right where you need to put it. And so listen, there's, there's the little ABCD response card here. And let, let me just, uh, as you get that card, I want you to just read it with me. Letter A says, I have already accepted Christ as my personal Savior, and I have access to an abundant life. Some of you know that for sure today. But you know what? Some of you might be in B. I believe, and I'm ready to accept Christ as my Savior and gain access. In other words, you have not made that decision to surrender and commit your life to Christ, but you say, you know what? I need to do that. Listen, there's no better time than now to make that decision. Or you may be in letter C. You say, I'm considering accepting Christ, but I need more time to think about it. Hey, no problem. No problem. Because it has to be a decision you make, a commitment you make. It doesn't do any good if I try to make you emotionally make a decision. It has to come from your heart. Don't you all agree? And then letter D says, I don't ever plan on making this decision. Hey, you know what? Listen, if you're there, it's okay. It's all right. But would you do me a favor? Would you put your name on the top? You don't have to put your last name. You could put an initial for your last name. And after a while, you know, whenever we're done, I'm going to ask you to drop these cords in the boxes or or hand them uh, to the ushers that are going to be at the back doors. I want to pray for you. Because what I'm preaching to you today, I believe with every fiber in my being. I don't believe I'm preaching for vanity or a useless thing. I believe that there is life after death and I want to spend eternity with every one of you that's in this room today. Amen. And even though right now you might be, you might be, you might be sidetracked. You might be, uh, you might be bitter. You might be uh, angry at God. You might be in, in a place of doubt and unbelief. You might be an atheist. I know that God doesn't believe in atheists and I want to pray for you anyway. Amen. But some of you today, you say, Todd, I've never made that decision, but I need to make that decision. And I'm ready to make that decision today. If that's your decision, I want, I want to pray for you. Would everybody just bow your heads with me for just a moment? If you say, Todd, I'm at B, you check off B. If you want to give us your name, that's great. We'll make sure and give you some information to help you get started. 
in this journey? Well, let's pray together right now for all of you that are just making that decision in your heart, saying, man, you know, I'm in church, but I don't know for sure that I'm a Christian. I've never really surrendered my heart and my life to Jesus. But today I want to do that. Would you just pray this prayer and maybe we could just all pray it together. Would you just pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you came to die so my sins could be forgiven. I know I've sinned, but I believe you're a God of forgiveness. You're a God of mercy. And you don't hold my faults against me. Lord, I need your forgiveness. And I'm asking for it today. Lord Jesus, would you forgive me? And cleanse my heart today. I want to have access to your provisions, to your power, and to your eternal life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for accepting me, for choosing me to be a part of your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now listen, would you just stand with me now? And if you would, as you exit, just bring the, the ushers will be at the back uh, wall, the uh, back doors here. Just hand that paper or slip them in the tithe box. But listen, some of you here today, you might have a great need in your life. In fact, you might need a miracle. Listen, do you all believe that God's power is being released in the earth today to help his people receive spiritual breakthroughs? Do you all believe that today? Well, listen, before we go, let's pray for those that need God's grace. Would you just indicate you need God's provisions in your life or you need a miracle in your life just by raising your hand, just by lifting up your hand. If you have somebody's hands raised next to you, maybe you just reach out and put your hand on their shoulder. Let's agree with them today. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that the grave is empty. And what that means is that your power and your provisions have been made available to us today in Lafayette in 2014. God, you know every need in this room. Lord, you know the breakthroughs that are needed in this room. And God, we're asking you today that, Lord, you would release your divine power and your divine might and that you would cause, Lord, miracles to take place in this room. Thank you, God, for releasing your miracle-working power. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody that agreed said amen. 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 I'm going to be glad that the grave is empty and that he's alive. Come on, let's celebrate his victory. Let's celebrate. Greatest day in history, death is beaten, you have rescued me, sing it out, Jesus is a The empty cross, the empty grave, life eternal, you have won the day, shout it out, Jesus is alive, he's alive. Happy day, happy day, I'll 
in that place Free at last, meeting face to face I am yours, Jesus, you are mine In the joy, perfect peace Earthly pain finally will cease Celebrate, Jesus is alive He's alive And oh, happy day, happy day You wash my sin away Oh, happy day, happy day I'll never be the same happy day, happy day You wash my sin away That you have saved 